Geekville Radio. Hello, all you listeners, geeks and geekettes. Seth, a.k.a. Zandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio. Uh, Running a little late. I do sincerely apologize for that. I did promise content for C2E2, and I intend to deliver on that promise just a little later than expected. And part of the reason for that is, quite frankly, because the hotel that I stayed in with my roommates, one of which was Ventral Jedi, a.k.a. Clint, from the Geek Digcast, and Joe has his own show, which, uh, forgive me, Joe, I forget the name of your, your show, but I'll, I'll link it in the show notes at geekvilleradio.com slash marvel. But the reason why I didn't get the recording done that I wanted to over C2E2 weekend was, quite frankly, the only place where I could set up shop in the hotel was literally right next to the air conditioner, so you would have heard this nice buzzing air conditioner and muffled voices, which doesn't make for a very entertaining radio. So I also put some additional research in, and things just got pretty hectic out of hand when it came to trying to name all the people that I could who used a symbiote suit, and we'll get to that in a last part of the show here, because yes, Carnage, Cletus Cassidy, is back from the dead. Again, like we keep saying, nobody stays dead in comics, but that'll be the last segment of the show. The first segment is going to be the annual Marvel Universe-wide mega event. It's become a tradition probably since 1984 Secret Wars, where every so often, every year or so, there's this big threat that the entire Marvel Universe has to band together on to defeat. We had it with Secret Wars, we had it with Civil War, we had it with the Infinity Gauntlet, which is now about to wrap up with Avengers Endgame, which is based off the first Infinity Gauntlet story. All that stuff is regular happenings to us comic geeks, but the latest one is War of the Realms. And as some fans may know, that involves the realms of the Marvel Universe, most of which deal with the Asgard side of things. So this will be very Thor-heavy. And now, granted, I have not read War of the Realms yet because it hits newsstands and comic book shops this week. I will go out on a limb and make the prediction that, assuming Marvel continues to make Thor movies, I think... War of the Realms is going to be one of those major MCU movies to come along. So all the realms of the Marvel Universe, in no particular order, of course, there's Asgard, where all the Asgardians live and such. There is Alfheim, which, no, that's not where Alf comes from, that's Melmac, but that's the realm of the elves, kind of elves proper. You know, we'll get to the other elves in a minute. Vanaheim, not Anaheim, that's California. Uh, Vanaheim is the realm of the veneer. That's where Frigga, who fans saw Rene Russo play in the Thor movies. That's also where Heimdall came from. He was, of course, in the movies portrayed by Idris Elba. There's Jotunheim, which is where the giants are from, the frost giants, among others. We saw the frost giants in the first Thor movie. Nita Veller, that is realms of the dwarves. 
as long-term Ardent fans may know, that's where Mjolnir got crafted, as well as Mjolnir's replacement, Stormbreaker. There's the Dark Fairy Realm, which is my favorite realm to pronounce, and that's Svartalheim. The Realm of the Dead, Niflheim. There's Muspelheim, which is effectively hell, you know, ruled by Surtur, who we saw in Ragnarok. And there's the Realm of Heaven. That leaves one realm left. All the other nine realms have gotten involved. So the War of the Realms will take place in the final realm, which is, for those who keep track, Midgard, a.k.a. Earth. So yes, the whole premise of War of the Realms is all the other realms are coming onto the last realm of Earth to wage war. So this means we'll have gods and frost giants and dwarves and fairies and elves all running around the major cities of Earth. The main villain behind War of the Realms is Malekithia Cursed, who has been an ongoing villain pretty much as long as I can recall reading any Thor comics. So he goes back for a while, and he was in Thor of the Dark World, portrayed by Christopher Eccleston. I think this is the attempt, kind of like what I said a few years back with Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel, that they're trying to make her an A-lister. I think this may be the attempt, at least as far as villains go, to put Malekith on that A-list level, on par with, say, Doctor Doom or Kang, people like that. Malekith is the Dark Elf Lord, again, getting into different types of elves because there's also Light Elves. It was also stated during the C2E2 panel that Squadron Supreme will be reintroduced, be based out of Washington, D.C., which will make them... DC's Finest Heroes. Not to be outdone, fan favorite Phil Coulson will be bringing the Avengers in as well. Now, Jason Aaron was front and center at the panel for this. He is the main guy that will be writing this. He's been writing Thor for seven years, so his run's like on the level of Walt Simonson's in the 80s. And he also said that he will be ending his run on Thor and will be part of a new, presumably ongoing Valkyrie standalone title. As you hear this, the first issue will go on sale this week, the first week in April, and it is a six-issue series, so it should be going all the way till October, and with any major crossover in the Marvel Universe, there'll be other things happening in other books, meaning Something appropriate will be happening in Captain America comics and Punisher comics, all, all that good stuff. They are also doing a limited series, might even be a one-shot, called Journey into Mystery. Because, as a lot of old-school fans know, Thor came about in a anthology series, similar to how Spider-Man showed up in Amazing Fantasy and Batman showed up in Detective Comics. Thor first showed up in Journey into Mystery, and it just eventually morphed into the Thor comic rather than just starting with a Thor number one. Needless to say, I'm a big Thor fan, so I'll check this out, see how the old Norse God of Thunder handles this, and I'll give my report on issue one next week. Not later this week because we got a standard show coming up with Train soon, which should be available by the time you hear this. Now, the second major story that will be happening in Marvel is called House of X. Actually, it's two books, House of X and Powers of X. Every few years, Marvel does something 
to freshen up the X-Men franchise. They used examples of the giant size X-Men to shuffle up the lineup. You know, X-Factor was originally the original X-Men, doing the X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold and the 90s X-Men title. Well, now they're adding House of X and Powers of Ten, because they made it a point to say that the X and Powers of Ten is actually Roman numeral Ten. And the main carrot dangled to the audience was also put online, and that's the artwork by Mark Brooks. The tease was that it will involve X-Men characters from past, present, and future. Just going by who we see, I mean, there's two cases of Wolverine here. There's one of him as Weapon X, one of him in the cool brown and orange outfit that he had in the 80s. We see Nightcrawler, we see Havoc, Storm with her 80s mohawk look, Dazzler with her 70s disco getup, Emma Frost as the Black Queen, Wonder Man, Mr. Sinister, Apocalypse, Phoenix, Archangel, Bishop, a lot of others you probably would need a microscope to see just because the image can be a bit small. But they also have what appears to be Moira McTaggart sitting next to Charles Xavier. And the most interesting thing, aside from Magneto standing right over Charles Xavier, is Charles does not appear to be crippled. He is sitting cross-legged. Now, I know Xavier hasn't always been crippled. He was you know, crippled in college, I believe it is, but even in the early 80s. They did a storyline where he regained his ability to walk. And every so often on this show, we will talk about characters who have traits that are integral to them. In many cases, it doesn't have to be race or gender or whatever. Some it does. As we said before, Black Panther should be a black man. Storm should be a black woman. Just like Captain America should be a white man. Superman would most likely be a white man because we're talking, you know, Kansas and then Captain America's case, a war hero created to be the epitome of American good guy, smiling for the cameras, stay in school kids. Just given that time, that's what they would have gone with. Just like how characters like Storm or Black Panther would need to be black. With Xavier... His ethnicity would not matter, just like with Nick Fury, just like with somebody, say, like Jubilee or even just about any other character. You know, I don't think anybody would bat an eye if, say, Angel was cast as a black man. I don't think anybody would care at all. Nick Fury started out as white. Eventually, they updated the character to be Samuel Jackson. I don't think there's anybody that complains about that. But anyway... The ethnicity of Charles Xavier doesn't matter. The thing that is integral to Charles Xavier's character is that he's crippled. He cannot walk. So I think when they did that in the early 80s and gave him the ability to walk, it hurt the character. And just like in so many comics before, when there is a major change that happens, eventually that change is undone and things go back to normal. You know, symbiote suit Spider-Man, you know. Three, four years, he had the black symbiote suit, and then he eventually went back to the classic suit once the symbiote suit went off and became Venom. So, you know, what goes around comes around in comics. Now, I'm not sure what 
the point is for these new titles coming out with all the other X-Men titles. Maybe they just need more titles to put Wolverine in. I don't know. But Jonathan Hickman will be writing both ongoing titles. Pepe Larraz, Arby Silva, Marty Garcia, they will be handling the artwork. And I've always had a soft spot for the X-Men. You know, when I've said before, one of my favorite X-Men characters growing up was Rogue. And she's another character. I don't think anybody would bat an eye if Rogue was cast as a black woman. I certainly wouldn't. What's integral to Rogue's character, probably even more so than her Southern charm, is the fact that she would, if she could, turn back normal. If she could give up all her powers, including the super strength and the flight and all that, just to be a normal woman who can fall in love and have children and live a quote, normal, unquote, life, I think she would do that. Similar thing with the thing, Ben Grimm. The ethnicity doesn't matter, but then he spends 90% of his adult life as a rock creature anyway, so it doesn't matter. But Ben Grimm fits that description as well. If he could just go back to being Ben Grimm, you know, football player and king of Yancey Street, he probably would. But House of X, Powers of Ten, they will be hitting in... July, and they said there'll be a preview comic for free comic book day, which will be on May 4th this year. So yes, free comic book day is falling on May the 4th, and that's crossing the streams at Geekery, and I'm not sure what's going to happen. Dogs and cats laying together, mass hysteria. It's going to be a heck of a day. We'll see what Star Wars has in store for us on May the 4th. Now, I'm going to take a quick break here. And when I come back, we will talk the third part of this, and that's the return of Carnage in Absolute Carnage. This is Geekville Radio, and we will be right back. Are you looking for a gaming-themed podcast? Then check out You Just Got Fragged. Join host Jared Aubrey and his panel of gaming enthusiasts as they discuss news and accomplishments in the gaming world, and of course, the gripe of the week. That's all at YouJustGotFragged.com part of the Wrestling Brethren podcast family. All right, we're back talking Absolute Carnage, the third story talked about by Marvel for 2019. They talked about it at C2E2. Like I said at the top of the show, Carnage, a.k.a. Cletus Cassidy, is back from the dead again. I count it twice off the top of my head that he died, but I guess the number is more like four or five because he got ripped in half by Sentry about 15 years ago, and then I believe he was lost in space at some point. Yeah, I guess the, the symbiote like regenerated him or something like that. But anyway, again, nobody ever stays dead in comics. Well, Absolute Carnage, in the vein of stuff like Maximum Carnage and Venomized and all that stuff, it's going to be very symbiote-heavy. Carnage will be hunting down apparently anybody who has ever worn a symbiote suit. And off the top of my head, I can name approximately 20, I want to say. Obviously, Peter Parker, Eddie Brock, John Jameson, J. J. Jameson's son. He's the one that brought the symbiotes to Earth in the first place. There's Flash Thompson because he was Agent Venom. Ben Riley because they brought him back and he was Spider Carnage for a while. Not too long ago, Norman Osborn bonded with the Carnage symbiote, became the Red Goblin. Punisher, I seem to recall, had it as well. And some heavy hitters that had symbiotes in them as well. Uh, Carol Danvers when she was Miss Marvel and Silver Surfer. So 
It's interesting to see how Carnage is able to deal with Silver Surfer, since Silver Surfer is one of those cosmic-level beings. It'll be interesting to see how he pulls that off. And Null, the Eternal, or the, the God character that essentially made symbiotes in the first place, how is he going to handle that? And does Tony Stark count? Because Tony Stark made artificial symbiotes to create his armor. But upon research here, here are some of the other characters that I either didn't know or forgot used symbiotes at some point in time. Now, this is not a complete list. I'm pretty sure I left out a few. And if I did, feel free to let us know. GeekvilleRadio.com or any of the social media sites at Geekville Radio on Twitter, Geekville Radio on Facebook. Deadpool has used symbiotes before, but that's Deadpool's whole gimmick is stealing other people's shtick. Uh, Scorpion, Dr. Octopus, although admittedly that was when he had taken over Peter Parker's body. Uh, Gwen Stacy, several Guardians of the Galaxy, including Groot, Rocket, and Drax. We had Maniac, Thunderbolt Ross, Red Hulk. And then there's, of course, all the other symbiotes out there like like Scorn, Scream, Toxin, characters like that. But on top of that, the covers that have slipped out about this Absolute Carnage storyline also depict Captain America, Black Panther, and Thor as carrying symbiotes. And boy, that would be really interesting to see Carnage try to take down Thor, who has a symbiote costume. So like most Carnage stories, this looks like it's probably not going to be for the faint of heart, but I'll put all the trailers I can up for this episode at geekvilleradio.com slash marvelc2e2. And I'm sure we'll know more about Absolute Carnage as time progresses. It'll be due out in August. They got one other thing that they teased at for December, but they didn't reveal it yet, and I'm sure that'll come out in good time. War of the Realms is certainly what I'm most interested in, because Thor is probably one of my top five favorite characters, and I just think the concept of other realms coming to Earth, while it may be a little cliched, may be a little bit over-troped, so to speak, if that's even a real word, it just sounds like an idea that's too cool to pass up, and I do think it'll be made into a movie at some point, just like the Spider-Man movies are hinting at Maximum Carnage coming along. I do think Woody Harrelson is going to be a fantastic Carnage, but I remember, geez, 25 years ago now, I think. Maybe not 25, because Maximum Carnage had already hit by then, but I remember some of my comic book friends back when I used to work at the movie theater, and we would brainstorm or pontificate, if you will, uh, what a Spider-Man movie could have done. And the general thought between us was... You do the origin story for the first one, Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. Probably use Green Goblin for the bad guy in that one. Then the second movie, Venom would come along, and Venom would be the bad guy. You can do the whole finding the suit, or maybe he uses the suit at the end of the, the first movie or something like that. And then by the third movie, that's when you get Carnage, and that's when you turn Venom into the anti-hero that he is today and put the cap on a trilogy. Now, obviously, Marvel does a hell of a lot more movies than trilogies right now. They got 20-some movies now just in the MCU proper, and that does not count all the X-Men movies and Fantastic Four and all that good stuff. But thankfully, we'll be getting those in the proper MCU shortly. So a lot on the horizon here for Marvel in 2019. As I said before, Train and I will be back shortly 
to talk the news, and also I asked him to be part of our Batman-themed show, whether that will be its own show or just its own segment. We're going to talk the 80th anniversary of Batman, because they really didn't talk much news in that, and Train Like Me is a big Batman fan. He's probably a bigger Batman fan than I am, but I think it'll just be nice to have some comic book fans, Batman fans, just do what we like to do on this show, and that's just talk about old times, do some speculation, and see how often we're right on things, because C2E2 did confirm that Disney will be recasting the X-Men movies and reintroduce the X-Men on screen and then kind of introduce them properly into the MCU. And that's something Train and I predicted in the last show we did together. Now, we don't claim to be experts. I certainly don't. I thought it was common sense to rebrand stuff. I don't need to go into detail that. I'll just link that show in the show notes at geekleradio.com slash marvelc2e2. I'll also link the fun post that my co-podcaster Norco Kipti of the Wrestling Brethren made about Disney and the rebranding of X-Men and the recasting. He had confirmed that the X-Men will all be recast, but Ryan Reynolds will remain Deadpool. Now, that's what he typed, but what he wound up typing was, thanks to autocorrect, Ryan Rembrandt will stay as Deadpool. So I think there's some stuff that can definitely be meme-worthy about that. You know, Let's see how this uh, Ryan Rembrandt works as, as Deadpool. So that's going to wrap it up for this solo show. I think it's maybe the longest solo show I've done here. So thank you folks for sticking with it and listening. Again, if this is the first time you're hearing us, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Search the podcatcher of your choosing. You should be able to find us. Just look for Geekville Radio. And I do have subscription links on the site at Geekville Radio if you forget about all this. So that's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back very shortly to talk the news as well as Batman, as well as reviewing the Shazam movie, which will be coming out this coming weekend as we record this. Thanks for listening and take care. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any products or services unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the hosts and or guests do not reflect the views of GeeklerRadio.com, the Wrestling Brethren Podcast, Family, or any of their affiliates. Some media used in Geekville Radio is the product of their respective copyright holders, all rights reserved.